Welcome to the CyberLife Podcast, where we help you learn cybersecurity best practices, give you a weekly update on the latest cybersecurity news, and share valuable career advice. Hey everyone, it's Ken. In today's episode, you're going to hear from Nabila Bukhari. Nabila is a senior security engineer. She's primarily focused on application security as well as, as, well as mobile app security. And she does a lot of penetration testing around applications in general. And so she also holds a degree in electronics engineering. She holds a number of industry certifications. She's also a volunteer with Breaking Barriers Women in Cybersecurity or BBWIC which is one of the organizations that I also volunteer with. And she helps mentor women in their cybersecurity careers all over the world. So in today's episode, Nabila is going to be sharing a little insight into mobile app pen testing, uh, as well as like vulnerability assessments, some of the, um, the key differences between pen testing like an Android device versus an iOS device, how she keeps up to date on some of the latest trends around mobile app pen testing and some of the common vulnerabilities, et cetera. So really, if you're ever been interested in mobile app security, Nabila is going to really dive into some of that today in this episode. Without further ado, let's dive right in and learn from her. So thanks again for coming on the show today, Nabila. Before we get started, because we're going to talk about mobile app pen testing, mobile security, and, and essentially hacking, right? So before we get started, though, I want to do a quick disclaimer. This episode is only for educational purposes. So if you go out and you start hacking things that you don't have legal permission to do so, that falls on you and Nabila and or myself have zero responsibility for your actions. So as always, we always like to encourage what we call ethical hacking. So that means basically that you have legal permission in your jurisdiction or jurisdictions where the client system might be to actually go ahead and test those things. So wanted to throw that quick disclaimer out there. Without further ado, I just want to jump right in. And so Nabila, can you just share like what is, for those out there that don't know, what is mobile application penetration testing and why is it so important for both individuals and organizations out there? Surely. So mobile application penetration testing, also known as mobile security testing, is a process of assessing the security of a mobile application to identify and mitigate vulnerabilities and weaknesses that could be exploited by malicious or bad actors. It usually involves simulating real-world attacks on a mobile application to uncover security flaws and assess the application's overall resistance potential threats. So the reason is because um, usually businesses have long been vigilant about security, and this vigilance is usually heightened when it comes to mobile apps. Nowadays, nearly every prominent brand or brand or product offers a mobile application to enhance customer engagement. A growing number of users now rely on mobile applications, the majority of the digital activities, usually surpassing traditional desktop applications. On an estimate, users spend close to 54% of their digital media time actively engaging with mobile applications on their devices. Now, these applications often have access to extensive amounts of user data, a significant portion of which is sensitive and requires safeguarding against unauthorized access. So I believe these are the reasons why it is very important, not only from the endpoint perspective, but also from the company perspective to focus more on mobile application security. So can you share like some real world examples of vulnerabilities that were discovered by, you know, like security researchers or pen testers and maybe the impact that they potentially could have had, but they were, hey, they were caught in time or if they were exploited in the wild, like what, you know, what was kind of the impact of those vulnerabilities? So um, talking about real world examples, there are quite a few that has happened in the past couple of years. The first one would be the um, 
case of Pokemon Go. The Android app for the mobile app game Pokemon Go was found to store user login, uh, user login tokens insecurely in 2016. So now this vulnerability could have allowed attackers to access users' accounts, steal virtual items, and potentially gain unauthorized access to linked Google accounts. So now the second case happened in, um, I guess, in 2015. A vulnerability was discovered in iOS applications that handled the URL schemes improperly. So now URL schemes are actually a way for applications to communicate with each other through custom URLs. Each app can register a unique URL scheme that acts as an identifier. So when a URL with that scheme is opened, the iOS system knows which app should handle. So in this case, an attacker can easily create a malicious link that when clicked would execute unauthorized actions in various applications. Now this had the potential to compromise user privacy and also the security. Now the third case I can think about is um, you know, around Super Mario Run. In 2017, a vulnerability in the iOS version of the game, Super Mario Run, allowed users to manipulate in-app purchases to unlock game content without making the required payments. Now, this specific vulnerability had the potential to cause huge amount of losses for the app's developers. So you mentioned you know, essentially hacking different Android and iOS apps. So are there any key differences between pen testing an Android device versus an iOS device? And if so, like what are some of the, the challenges of each of those? Yes, there are certain key differences, um, particularly while setting up the lab environment. It is kind of relatively easier to set an Android lab due to the availability of different free emulators out in the wild. Whereas in iOS, you need to get a handhold, like handheld device for testing. Usually in iOS, we do not have any sort of emulators or free services so that people can actually test out and, and try to learn about it. So a lot of times security professionals tend towards uh, Android pen testing as compared to iOS. The so second reason would be the presence of security consideration or default security considerations in iOS. Uh, in iOS, by default, Apple has a lot of restrictions present, which kind of disallows the users to install any external applications on the phone or to uh, do to use certain tools that could allow reverse engineering the application. Due to which it becomes, it kind of discourages many people to uh, pursue iOS pen testing because of a lot of restrictions, and instead they pursue Android as well. Um, and also third reason is sideloading. As we all know, in Android, it is very much possible for anyone to uh, install any sort of applications uh, through unknown resources. But in case of iOS, if you have a proper device and it's not possible for anyone to you know install the application on iOS because of these security restrictions and imposed, and imposed by the Apple uh, manufacturer on the same. So I think these are the reasons why uh, it is kind of difficult to, uh, you know, uh, move ahead and uh, pen test few of the platforms which we have mentioned here. So there's a term that some people might be familiar with or they might have just heard called jailbreaking. Do you mind just kind of walking through, walking the audience through like what what is jailbreaking? Surely. So jailbreaking basically is a term that is used to, uh, you know, elevate your rights. Uh, in Android perspective, it's called as routing. So by normal, so in the normal users usually do not have such rights. Like the manufacturers will give you certain basic rights for normal operation of the phones. But this is not enough for a security professional to carry out their penetration testing or security testing because they need to unravel the different uh, data present inside the phone, which the normal rights will not suffice. 
So in order to uh, exceed this, in order to go uh, exhalate this rights, we have to perform a certain activity called jailbreaking, uh, which is kind of like an illegal activity since it will devoid, uh, it will devoid the warranty pres uh, given by the Apple manufacturers. So when you jailbreak your phone, you are escalating your user rights from user to root, which will give you all the rights to access all the different folders inside the application, which is which was not present earlier on. So in order to jailbreak, you have to make sure that your you know devices are pretty are having a specific architecture in iOS version. And once that is set, you can easily um, you know use any sort of tools in order to do so, and uh, can go about installing different applications and scripts to reverse engineer and also go about doing your pen test writing. This is for iOS, and in similar case for Android, you can use different tools. Uh, but it's a bit difficult Android, I would say, um, as compared to iOS. So, can you just walk the audience through, like, like what are your typical steps when you're when you're tasked to do some pen testing of a mobile device? Like, what's kind of maybe your methodology, or like, what are some of the, some of the steps that you do to from from sort of start to finish to go through the pen test? Okay, so my methodology mostly depends on the OAPS MSTG guide, which is the uh, OG guide for mobile security, I would say. It's the com it's a complete comprehensive uh, security guide for anyone who's interested in mobile security. So if they want to learn about it, they have to head to OS uh, OAS MSTG guide to give you a lot of test cases on how you can proceed and uh, pen test different applications with Android and iOS. So talking about my steps, I... Uh, you know, while testing any applications, there are two main sections. First is the static side, and the other is just a di dynamic side of the application. So static side, the first, uh, the reason why it's called static analysis is because the application is assessed while usually it's at rest, and majority of the focus lies on the code part of the application. So what usually I do is if I have an application, I would first decompile the application using tools like APK tool, and you know, the once we get the resultants, we will open the chart file using chartx UI and then look at for any sort of coding flaws or any sort of vulnerabilities or any sort of you know hard-coded credentials present inside the code. That's how we do it. Apart from that, in order to check certain insecure data storage, we would have we will be using tools like ADB, which is Android Debug Bridge, which acts as a bridge between your emulator and your host device. So you can connect your device and then take a terminal and then look out for different sort of data or tool, uh, sorry, data or sensitive information present inside the, you know, applications folder, which is pretty much, uh, which may be sensitive, which may have certain PII data or any sort of tokens, which will be helpful in uh, figuring out the issue. Apart from that, we will also be looking at uh, reverse engineering the application. So now, uh, always look at if the application is prone to code tampering. So by code tampering, I meant that uh, there are chances or there are certain cases wherein the bad actors will do the following uh, step which I did, decompiling the application, looking at a different code, and then understanding what exactly this application does. And they will be adding their own piece of code and, you know, uh, like resigning it back and then decompiling it back and then selling it as the original application, which is a huge risk for the company's perspective because you are modifying the application in the name of the company and then selling it across. So this is again a huge vulnerability and something that needs to be taken as a test case as so that we can be prepared for all of these things. 
So um, yeah, so these are the static analysis test cases. But if you want to speed up the process, you can use um, an automated tool called Mobisif, which is a great tool, which will give you a lot of uh, results and also help you in your pen test uh, journey. So this is the static case. And now I'll be going back to your to my dynamic analysis, which is kind of like a combination of the IPC and API testing. So in API testing, normally we'll be using tools like Burpsuit for majority of the analysis. So um, dynamic analysis basically focuses on uh, vulnerabilities which are found during runtime analysis of the application. So here we'll be assessing the network traffic, catching the traffic and assessing what sort of calls are being going from app to server. If, there's a, if there are certain vulnerabilities with respect to the app's authentication or authorization, or if there's any sort of input validation or any sort of data leakage happens during these calls will be assessed in this specific stage. Next is uh, IPC, which I've mentioned, which is inter-process communication. So here um, in Android application, we have different sort of building blocks like activities. We have we have uh, services. You have broadcast receivers. So all of these are responsible for different sort of uh, activities in the application. So if these uh, components are exported without any permissions, then they are basically uh, you know giving up. They are being vulnerable to be called out by different scripts other than the application. And this is something that can be uh, exploited later on. So this is some which this is also one of the test cases which I use in my uh, methodology, and also something that uh, it's very important in testing. And apart from that, I also use uh, tools like Frida and Objection, which are basically hooking tools as we call it. At times, in many of the applications, uh, they have a lot of restrictions. Like like I mentioned earlier, we were talking about jailbreak. So it is a vulnerability. This taken as a this, uh, like a vulnerability, I would say, because uh, usually financial applications are discouraged from being run on rooted or jailbroken devices due to its root uh, status and because it is more prone to be uh, infected by malware. So at times, the application which we are testing might have a lot of restrictions, like the code might be obfuscated, or if the device will be, you know, uh, blocking jailbreak or they'll be blocking root detection or any sort of traffic deception. In that case, the uh, tools like FRIDA, hooking tools like FRIDA objection will come to your rescue. So now these tools basically will uh, act, will have their own scripts, JavaScripts, wherein they'll be attaching these scripts while you're you know using the tool and so that you can intercept each and every call and uh, you know tamper with the specific call and understand what's the uh, you know, runtime analysis of the specific application, understand the working of the application, and then accordingly, you can also bypass the same. I mean, for, for majority of the cases, FRED and Objection also used to bypass uh, jailbreak detections, root detections, and also a lot of, can also look at different sort of um, vulnerability, I mean, different data out of it as well. So what are some of the most common vulnerabilities that you're, you've actually been finding, you know, just kind of in general across mobile apps mm -hmm. like are there any are there any things that you keep seeing as far as vulnerabilities yes um one of the most i mean common vulnerabilities out in the wild has to be insecure data storage so by insecure data storage i mean it refers to the practice of storing sensitive or private data in an unsecured or easily accessible manner like initially i mentioned about connecting the device to the system and you know through adb we are actually going inside the mobile terminal and 
checking different sort of folders out and seeing if there's any sort of personal information like PII or sensitive tokens that can, you know, that can basically identify a certain person. That's something that is not encouraged by the specific, uh, you know, user. So it's come. It's a very bad habit by developers if they are having such, uh, you know, um, practice of storing or caching certain information in the device itself. Because the device gets stolen, it is pretty much, uh, you know, all of these data will be present in the device, and it's something that is not a good practice. So that's one of the most common things you find in either Android or iOS, uh, you know, applications. Second would be, uh, you know, server-side vulnerabilities. Now, this specific uh, case is mostly around API-specific because um, this is this usually happens when we are intercepting the traffic and looking at different sort of uh, calls, which is which is going from the app to server-side. So, all of in during this stage, we'll be looking at different vulnerabilities respect to APIs like SQL injection or code injection or cross-site scripting. Now, these attacks usually involve attackers sending commands to the server to execute malicious code when the server-side controls are lacking. For instance, I would say an SQ injection attack can manipulate database content. So these are the second type of vulnerabilities which I found. Third is um, you know, the uh, web uh, issues around web views and deep links. So before we uh, you know, dive deep into this, I would just give a small introduction of what web views and deep links are. So deep links basically are nothing but a distinct URL that is linked with a particular content piece within an application. So whenever you click a deep link URL, the user's device will verify if the app is already installed. So if the app if the app opens automatically and navigates the user directly to the designated content, identifying the deep link. Usually, uh, the issues around deep links is that at times if it is uh, that times that if the application is not having certain whitelisting in place, then it is very much easier for any sort of attacker to, you know, add his own, uh, you know, attacker controller URL in the deep link and then make any sort of, uh, and forward this to any sort of victim. Now this victim will click on this link. And when he does, when he clicks on this link, or, uh, the victim will be redirected from the authenticated app towards the attacker control app. Now, during this transaction, there will be chances that there will be certain tokens which are uh, close, which are exclusive to this user, which while going to the attacker control domain will be captured by the attacker. And there are, there are chances or there are a lot of possibilities that this can lead to, uh, you know, um, user account takeover. So this is one of the most um, critical vulnerability or which can be excluded by critical vulnerability. And uh, talking about web views, Web views are actually in-app browser components for displaying interactive web content. They can be used to embed web content directly into an app's user interface for uh, better usage. They are not exactly a browser, but they, they merely open pages in, uh, you know, by on behalf of the application. There are certain misconfigurations around web views as well, like in case if the JavaScript is enabled, if the access to local files is enabled, if they are using certain depreciated web views, so all of these, if it's in place, then um, it can escalate to uh, pretty much uh, high vulnerability in this case. And the last um, vulnerability I would say is reverse engineering and checking if the application is prone to code tampering or not. Like earlier mentioned, uh, application, a lot of mod applications out there that uh, are 
when the application is you know pretty much uh, prone to reverse engineering if the attacker finds application to have no security defenses if they can simply uh, you know decompile the application and easily uh, figure out the entire code and make changes to it then i think this is one of the most critical uh, vulnerability that can can cause a lot of risk to the organizations we talk a lot in the cybersecurity world about continuing continuous education right we've got to stay up with the latest trends things like that so my next question actually two questions in one so number one part or the first part of it is how do you actually stay up to date and keep your skills up with the latest trends around mobile pen testing then the second part of the question and you can answer them however you want the second part is for someone brand new listening to this that's looking to get into mobile app pen testing. I know you mentioned OWASP earlier, but like, what are, are there some courses they should take? Like, are there is a YouTube channel? Like, what are some of the resources for those people that are just starting out and wanting to get into this? For me personally, I was pretty active on Twitter, Reddit and Telegram. For me, these are the most, I mean, uh, resources that are always on top of their game. And they are, I mean, if you want any sort of information, Twitter, all of the resources will help you out in that. And apart from that, there are a lot of medium blogs out there that will be helpful for the beginners, especially in terms of you know, trying to start out into this uh, field. You can simply Google and you know get all of these resources. And most importantly, I would say uh, for any beginner in cybersecurity, Google is their best friend. Like if they master the art of Googling appropriate resources, I think they can easily get and you know information anytime. So I think they need to. Uh, master how to google and get enough resources i'm sure they'll be getting uh, all of this information and apart from that i think uh, they can also attend different course i mean conferences a lot of conferences that will uh, that has a lot of speakers speak about mobile security like uh, they can easily attend those conferences they can network with like minded individuals and also um, you know gain a lot of information on the same so that's something which i did um and talk and I think if anyone is really beginner, I think for them the biggest resource would be OWASP MSTG because I think they are they have pretty a huge guide on this on this specific topic like how to pen test and there are a lot of test cases on the same. So if anyone wants to begin, I think they should start with uh you know this specific guide out there and then they can proceed uh, one by one to different sort of topics. They can uh check Twitter, they can uh you know check different YouTube blogs, YouTube, and also a bit of uh, um, courses out there. I think a lot of people out there who have done wonderful content on the same. So I think this will be helpful for the ones who are just beginning. So as we look to, look ahead to like the next 18 to 24 months or so, what are, what are some of the trends in the mobile security world that you think people should be paying attention to? So far, I think there was, uh, I mean, there's a lot of trends going on, but there's one specific trend that has really caught my attention and that, that has to be mobile DevSecOps. So mobile DevSecOps is actually an approach to, you know, software development and delivery that integrates um, security practices into the entire mobile application development cycle. It combines the principles of DevOps, which is um, development operations with security to ensure that security is actually built into the mobile applications from the very beginning. So when you when somebody implements mobile DevSecOps, organizations can proactively identify and address security vulnerabilities and threats early on, instead of you know, depending on the testers at the very end. 
reducing the risk of security breaches and ensuring overall security posture of the mobile applications. And the reason is because it is very crucial in today's mobile landscape, you know, where the number of mobile threats are increasing day by day, it becomes very difficult to actually wait for, you know, testing to happen at the later stages. And then, you know, while the attacks are going on the rise, it not only hampers the mandates involved in the testing, but also is pretty time consuming to say the least. So by integrating security into the development process, I think organizations can build and deploy secure mobile applications that protect user data and also maintain the trust of their customers and clients. Nabila, any final thoughts or advice you want to share with the audience? In terms, I would like to give certain advice in terms of uh, like specifically for beginners, since it is a very emerging field. I'm sure a lot of people might be interested to know about it and to uh, you know get into it. So I would say that um, if you're learning new things, focus on uh, practicing it. Like there are a lot of CTFs out there for mobile specific. You, if you are learning, if you're learning new things, try to implement it. Try to solve different labs and keep uh, practicing it. Because if you learn certain things, you pretty much forget the same. But if you try to practice it in vulnerable labs or sort of any sort of CTFs or any sort of applications, you can remember it by default. And that's something that will definitely be helpful to, for you while you pen test an application. So I think whoever is a beginner should uh, try to keep getting their hands dirty with different sort of applications. Thanks for listening to the show. If you're looking to secure your business better or build up your cybersecurity career, then check us out over at cyberlife.tv. That's C-Y-B-E-R-L-I-F-E dot TV.